Welcome to Blood, Sweat, and Gear with Skip Hill, brand new IFBB Pro, Andrew Barry, and our yeah. special guest, Big Ron Partlow. Also an IFBB Pro, half of our panel today are pros. Skip, I'm feeling a little inferior now. Yeah, I'm feeling <laughs> inferior with you. I agree. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm happy to be here. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be on. So, uh, you know, I, 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 this is one of the, the shows that I've watched many episodes of. So I'd been watching Skip on um, Project Bodybuilding before I even knew him. At the right. same time, I was listening to All Bull uh with with you in math oh yeah and yeah. i loved that show that was such a good podcast you had a podcast before that though didn't you yeah so uh my first podcast was in 2008 yeah oh so sure. that was like a long time ago I, we were ahead of the curve we had one called canadian bodybuilding radio yeah and it was um a couple of my friends from edmonton these bodybuilders that i knew uh mike and steve there was three of us and we we started this podcast and, uh, you know, it was old school. I was like editing it with garage band and, and putting like a music clip on the front and, <laughs> and we were like uploading it to a, a, a website, you know what I mean? And trying to get it linked to things. It was like so prehistoric back then, but we, you know, we, we did like, I think we did like 60 episodes, Damn. like we pounded it out for a while. And we had Chris Aceto on, we had Hani Rambod, we had uh, uh, Farah, we had like all the big coaches back in like 2008, you know what I mean? Yeah. Chad Nichols came on and we had everyone on back then. So, but we, we didn't have a lot of like the big name pros. We had a lot of the Canadian pros came on and did episodes with us. And, um, and, and then after that was when I did All Bull with Matt. But I, I've been I so Skip. I was on another show with you once a long time ago. I don't know if it was this same Blood, Sweat, and Gear or if it was an, uh, some other show. But I remember we did a show once already. That was a while ago, though. Was it PED? It might have been PED. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like back in the Matt days, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, they all kind of run together, and I have that this age thing where I can't even remember what I bought at Whole Foods an hour ago. So I, <laughs> that's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, no, it was PED. Know. Yeah, you're right. It was PED. So that was good. That was good. Yeah, the I, old, the old days. I do want to <laughs> throw it out there for anybody who is watching right now that we have an episode planned. Uh, we are going to talk all about uh, Andrew turning pro. Uh, we're going to bring uh, his coach on, John Meadows, and we're going to we're going to oh. break all that down. So we'll do that in like a, it'll be like a couple episodes from now. So just hang tight on that, and uh, we're going to see if we can talk Andrew into doing a pro show. In the meantime, uh, <laughs> that said, Andrew, I know that this is something that you've been attempting to do for a while, uh, Ron. How many pro qualifiers did you do in Canada? Because I know it's it was brutal up there. You guys didn't have uh, a lot yeah. of opportunities to turn pro either. No, right? well, yeah, so there was just the Canadas. So there was the Canadas, and there was one overall winner, and that person would get a pro card. And then they did several shows where they – there was a few times they, they would give away a second card, like, without – like, you wouldn't know if there was going to be a second card, but they would give one away. Mm. You know, like it wasn't it wasn't like two cards available. It was like everyone's going there for one and they would occasionally give a second card. And it was always super exciting because they'd give the overall winner 
And then they'd go, everyone stay on stage. Oh. And you're like, oh, shit, there's another card coming, you know? So, like, that's what kind of happened at Canada's The Odd Time. And um, and then they made it, like, official later, you know, where it was always two guys from the overall, you know? Yeah. So, um, so was, yeah, it was pretty tough. Ron, was uh, think- when they awarded that second card, was it a um, – and, like, you guys didn't know going into it. Was it because the quality of that show or the class in particular and the overall was so good that they're, like – there's two guys here to deserve to move on up. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then also too, like there's a couple of times it would be like, I can't remember exactly what years, but there'd be like a guy win the middleweights who'd won the middleweights like multiple times. Gotcha. And they'd be like, let's give this guy a pro card. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so that happened a few times too. Yeah. Well, he was always the second best guy in the lineup though. Yeah. 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 It was like, they'd give the top two overall guys a pro card, but but um, but yeah, and then it was out of the North Americans, and you know, typically Canadians back then sort of felt like at North Americans they didn't really get that good of a look, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that sort of changed, like during the times that I was there, I sort of saw that change. Like, um, you know, there was a couple of girls that went down and cleaned up on pro cards, and a, you know, a, a, a Masters guy went down and brought home like the Open and the Masters pro cards both in one year, one time. Like this kind of the odd person from Canada started really doing well down there. So it became more Canadians were like, Oh shit, I better go check this out. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I remember Ben got second there one, the year he turned pro, he got second at North Americans. And then I got second to him at nationals like a few weeks later. Okay. Um, cause I had beaten Ben the year before, but I didn't win the overall. So I was like, fuck. So I was back there, but then, yeah, he had improved and like kind of brought his upper body up a bit. Cause it was when he first turned pro or first was an amateur, he was like all legs. Right. I bet. Um, but then he like, kind of like, you know, brought his back up and, you know, got better and, and, and turned pro. But yeah, it was a good era. I did 13 Canadian nationals and wow. I did four North Americans. It's a lot of shows. And then at yeah, two sure. of the North Americans, I did the 35 plus supers cause they had like a 35 plus class all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah. So I did that twice. Yeah. And, and I got second both times. Okay. Yeah. And then you the got, guy that won the class got a pro card. Yeah. You got second more than just a couple times though, right? So I got I got second at 10 pro qualifiers. Oh, wow. Oh my <laughs> God. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Like Yeah, yeah and, I, and I honestly think like looking back, I just think, you know, I was doing everything I could do and I was, you know, fucking trying my best. I, I just think that that was that my hindrance was my genetics. I, I think that, I'm, you know, I, that's just where my genetics were. Hmm. I had good enough genetics to barely turn pro. No. Did it ever if occur I to you? Fucking, you know, like that's how I feel. Cause I, I look at what everyone else does and I look at what I was doing and I'm kind of like, I think that's just how good I was. Hmm. It's just right. as good as I, that's good as I was, you know, during that time, did it ever occur to you to pull? And I, I hope this reference doesn't go over your head, but to pull a Jeff Galuli and go out and club somebody like this motherfucker is going to win. I'm going to take some knees. second again. Yeah. Some knees. Yeah. Yeah, and for yeah. anybody who doesn't get that, that was the guy that clubbed. That was oh, that's Tanya the Tanya, Harding. Tanya Harding's yeah, boyfriend. Yeah. yeah, but not a lot of people get that reference. So I, I had to make. I know. Oh, I'm. I'm. I'm glad you. Uh, you pointed my age bracket. Skip. <laughs> yeah, you and I got it. And, the other two didn't. And you? hey, tis the Olympic season, right? 
<laughs> so it's, it's going to be Skip's got the Olympic references all episode today. He's going to reference Ben Johnson and Carl Lewis's rivalry. <laughs> exactly. And then, exactly. then he's going to reference, you know, the American hockey team winning the miracle gold. Ron and I are going to be laughing. You guys are going to be like, I don't get the reference. Yeah, yeah I'll get them all. I'll get them all. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'd like to go into that a little bit, though. Because I feel like nowadays, and and this is there, there is a generational thing, and we do, you do hear, I'll say us guys, the older guys who say like, oh, it's so easy to turn pro now, and and all of that, and I, I see people, I mean, I've seen people say like, it, and this is no knock, like some of the girls in bikini are amazing, like what they've done with their physiques is crazy. But I've heard like bikini girls say like, well, I just decided that I wanted to turn pro. And so I went to my national qualifier and I won. And now I'm a pro because that's what I wanted to do. I put my mind to it. And if you put your mind to it, you know, you can do it too. never saw a second place, you know, in their lives, maybe twice. And when they did, they yeah. had a fit type thing. Yeah. So straight how, genetics. Yeah. yeah. How how uh, can you go that get 13 second places like can you kind of talk a little bit about it? What carried you through to, to keep doing it? Um, it's funny because I, I mean, I honestly just never, ever found anything else that, that interested me more. Huh. You know, like I see it all the time. I see guys that have actually like talent. Like I, I could name like a, couple dozen guys that I've trained for a show and I think fuck this guy's physique like holy shit he's got calves he's got lower lats he's got hams and glutes and and delts and tries and he's got all the and he does the one show and usually smokes it if he's not lazy or at least he's the standout guy that got second because he wasn't quite hard enough because he's kind of lazy. And then after the show, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm just going to like, I really like to, you know, drive my dirt bike in the summer and my skidoo. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and, you know, I'm going fishing for a month and, uh, you know, <laughs> then we got, you know, I'm starting a new company and there's just other stuff going on. There's other things they're interested in and it just isn't their life. But, I don't know. Something happened to me and bodybuilding was the only thing that I fucking cared about. And it was the only thing I fucking cared about. I didn't give a fuck about like I didn't give a fuck. I was like, whatever. Your life is boring. Your life is boring. I don't care about what you're doing. It sounds stupid to me that I would hate that job. I can't believe you do that for a living. I have to go to the gym. Can yeah. I paraphrase real quick? Richard Gere in an officer and a gentleman. I've got nowhere else to go. <laughs> this is I've all I more. know. I've got more. This is all I know. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I just loved it. That was all I wanted to do. Like, there, were, you know, if I had just started waking up thinking, oh, I really should be doing something else, that would, that would have, like, you know, probably changed things. I just never had that happen. Yeah. But that's that got to be motivating in and of itself. I mean, I know if I put myself in that position or try to, the person in Scott touched on, uh, you, you, we touched on this just a few minutes ago, but when something comes easy for someone, that just doesn't seem to be, it's, they don't always stay with it. That's why I was always concerned back in the day because it was so easy for Phil and I knew Phil personally when he, you know, was 
when I say when he was coming up, it was a very quick come up. Or come yeah, up. it was <laughs> like he was he was there <laughs> yeah. faster than everyone. Yeah, absolutely. So I was thinking to myself, I'm like, God, he he could just you know be a flash in the pan because what do you have to fight for? But I know even when I was in high school, and I don't want to make this a long story, but I had a guy who was really big. He always gotten all the attention, and he was so muscular and everything. And I remember. I couldn't, I, I just wanted to beat him. I wanted to be bigger than him, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. So I went for like for 30 years and just took a lot of drugs and I got bigger <laughs> than him. <laughs> I didn't get a pro card, but I got big. No, but anyway, the point is, is that fed that like, oh, I got it. I want to be better. I want to be better. And I can't help but think that you continuing to go, go and end up in that place kind of second it has to kind of light a fire under your ass like how can you quit when you're that close and then you do it again and you do you need you have to be thinking somebody's not going to show up I'm yeah that's, just motherfucker. I, that's yeah it was like i knew i was aware the whole time because i mean i'd been an athlete before like i'd fought in taekwondo tournaments and i'd i'd you know, played high school football where we won championship games and we lost a championship game and then we won a championship game. So I, I knew what it was like to suffer defeat and the thrill of victory. And I knew what it was like to win a gold medal and I knew what it was like to win a silver medal. Hmm. So I already knew the difference and I already hated silver medals, <laughs> but, but I, 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 you know, the thing of second place is the first loser or whatever. Um, I, I never bought into that because my, 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 my thing every time was like, okay, you know, like you train to win. Right. And I mean, my first nationals, I got second. So I was like, oh fuck. Okay. <laughs> my instant thought. So I was 24 years old, entered my super, super heavyweights for the first time. There's, there's all these fucking big guys and, and turns out I'm in better condition than everybody except one dude yeah. who was Eric <laughs> Delaro. I don't know him. Who from Gold's Venice, know, Eric Delaro, the I know trainer. that name. Yeah, I know that yeah, name. Yeah, he, he was Jay Cutler's training partner for like 10 years in, Van, in, oh, in, no in, kidding. Uh, in Venice. Well, we probably yeah. recognize him if we saw him, but we don't recognize yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. If you saw Eric, you totally know him. He's at all the yeah. shows. He's in a bunch of Jay's old videos. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyways, he's Canadian, but he was living down there. But he won that year. And um, he was just a little bit like, you know, he had some GH probably, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right. he was living in Venice. Right. I, I, you know, this guy comes up from L.A. and beats me. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. But I, I, I remember looking at the lineup behind me and going, ah, oh, fuck, I beat all those fucking guys. Yeah. And I just remember yeah. I was like, OK, whatever. Like, like I, I, I would go. I would always take pride. Like, OK, there's still a lot of guys I fucking beat. Like, there's a lot of people. I, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I wouldn't let the second be like a first loser mentality. I was like, OK, I'm right there. I'm in the spotlight. I'm getting attention. Sponsors. You know, I had a sponsor, um, you know, you know, there's a little bit, bit about me in Canadian Corner and back of Muscle Mag, you know, like I was in I was like, OK, you know, like this isn't bad. This is all good. Yeah. And and then I even remember um, this one guy told me once, he's like, hey, um, what's your plan? And I was just the first year I competed at nationals, so I got second. And then he goes, what's your plan? And I go, well, I'm going to come back next year and win. And he goes, okay, that's a great plan. He's like, um, but don't forget to also like do the business of bodybuilding. Hmm. And I remember that was like back in 2000. So yeah. he was like kind of ahead of his curve on the advice, right? Yeah. And And he's like, there's more to it. Yeah. And then he, he reminded me, he's like the second place guy can get the better sponsor and the better interview huh. and, and someone can like you more and you could wind up being far more successful than the first place guy a couple years down the road. So don't like, don't just think of it, but definitely, you know, 
keep it in mind. Yeah. And I just remember, I was like, oh, so that was kind of always in there rattling around. I was like, oh, okay, another second, ah, another second, yeah. ah, another second. And then it got to the point where I'm like, well, at least everyone expects me to be consistently good. And right. yeah. at least everyone knows my name and at least right. everyone's like aware that I'm going to be there and I'm going to be a problem for most everyone. Yeah. And so that was a, you know, so I, I tried to think that way, you know? Yeah. What, I, got another, um, I got another question. question. Go ahead, Andrew. Go ahead. I'm asking I'm all the questions. Say, my bad. Yeah. Well, so like, you know, you got the first couple, you know, second places, you're 24, you're 25. You're like, okay, like I'm on the track. Was there a point where, you know, you, you rack up the second places where the hope kind of started turning into despair? Like mm -hmm. after the eighth or ninth time, was it like, shit, is this ever going to happen or what? Yeah. So, yeah. So um, early on, like now in hindsight, I can kind of take this apart. Right. Um, early on, the second places were because I was young. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I'm second, but I'm only 24. And then my next second, I lie. Then I got fifth the next year. And then I came back and got um you know third and then i was second again you know so then the, the next second comes i'm like okay i'm back up in second again i'm still younger than most of these guys you know um i think frank mcgrath was my second second so i was like okay i just got beat by frank okay yeah, that's yeah. frank okay frank showed up basically we were very comparable very comparable except for the arms yeah and it was just like his front double bicep i was like oh fuck yeah, but then all the other poses, Frank McGrath's like, arms, you know, like, no, like I remember looking at the photos after like the lat spread, the side chest, the back double. I was like, oh, fuck. I was like right there with like every yeah. shot. It was like we were killing everyone else. But then the front double, I was like, oh, the fucking arms like he looked awesome. <laughs> he was he like he looked awesome that year. He was like young and fresh and looked like he stepped right out of this right out of like the late 70s, except bigger. Like yeah. he had that. <laughs> like tiny waist, you know, he had that Arnold look. He was just a great, but anyways, those seconds, I was like, okay, I got beat by like a freak, but I'll be back. But then they started to like, you know, I got a second to Fuad and then I got a second to, you know, another dude and a second. To, and I'm, I'm started thinking, fuck all these guys that are beating me. They're all five ten. Mm. They all have fucking bigger arms. I'm like, fuck, is this going to be the difference? Like, is this going to be the problem? Like being six one and not having the the giant arms, I think this this might be the just the the thing that prevents it. Like, is this going to be the thing? Like, is there? Can I do enough to make up for these things? Because it started to be like shit, you know. And um, so that was kind of like on my mind, you know, the lot towards the end, you know, the last several seconds I got, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> just like ah fuck, you know. And then there's a few times, too, where I got, like, I knew. Like, you train to win, but you go to the show and you look at them in the pump-up room and you're like, they're not harder than me, but yeah. fuck. Yeah. He's fucking, mm -hmm. he's 5'10", and his arms look fucking, his triceps look huge, and ah, fuck. You know? And then you look at the photos and you're like, factor. yeah, just the bubbly. You know, the odd guy would show up and just kind of have that. And it was just, you know, it, it was just one of those things, you know? One of those things. Body you know, I fucked up like, a couple times. Yeah. There's a couple times I could have looked better. I looked better Friday, and then Saturday I was like, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have done that. Were you going to ask something, Skip? Well, I just wondered, and this might seem like an odd question, I guess, but you have to understand that I'm one of the two here that don't have a pro card, so there's that. <laughs> um, so when you, when you finally you get the card, 
you get the win and you're like, oh my God, you're on cloud nine. Is there a point then, and this is the part that might sound a little odd, but is there a point where you go, oh shit, the battle's over. It's kind of anti, I don't want to say it's anticlimactic, but it's such, it's such a pinnacle that is there some sort of like, oh, that was really fun battling for that shit for a long, and I earned it, and I'm happy I have it, but oh. Great, great question, because I, I, I've i had this before, and um, it was weird winning my pro card. I actually, so it's strange, and I remember thinking at the time it was weird, but I wasn't really that happy. Like, I was happy, but I was more just relieved. Hmm. like really relieved and then for a while i was like a little embarrassed that it took me so long i was like ah fuck because everyone's coming up to you going oh you finally got it and i'm like yeah yeah yeah, i know i finally got it you don't have to see me again i get it like (laughs) sort of like i sort of was like a little bit embarrassed that i don't know it was weird i remember it wasn't like and i sort of already knew that it wouldn't be like a big giant celebration. Like those years, I kind of knew, like I was 39 when I got my pro card. Like I was like beat up. Like I was fucking training in pain constantly, living in pain constantly. Uh, I was healthy, like healthy, healthy, but just the body was just like, fuck dude. And um, so I just remember like kind of being just relieved. I was like, oh good, I never have to do this fucking show again. (laughs) <laughs> Which is kind of funny if you think about it, because it wasn't, you know, obviously it wasn't handed to you. You worked harder for a card, arguably, than a lot of other people, and yet it still wasn't as yeah. gratifying when you it, got it's it. It's that kind of like it's kind of like once I got it, I sort of realized what I did. I'm like, oh mm-hmm. shit, I did 13 of these shows, yeah. and then I was kind of like almost felt like weird about it. I was like, ah, am I like the the boxer that stayed around way too long and just happened to win his last fight. Like, you know, like, I don't know. I just had this weird, I just had this weird, I just had this weird feeling because I knew that they give it to you just to get you out of there? Like, no, 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 I I knew that I, I, you know, I like, I earned it and all that, but I just sort of felt like, oh, well, you know, I can't really do anything with it now. I'm 39. So it's not like I can go like make a big pro debut and like, challenge for top five or take two years and grow and come back bigger like they can't do any of that so i got this pro card and it's sort of like basically kind of like i sort of knew it'd be like almost like a retirement like Mm -hmm. you know point because i i was like well yeah a little bit bittersweet but i was very relieved like don't get me wrong like i was very relieved and happy that i never had to do another canada's because i was so fucking I was embarrassed to be there like that many times. Like it was kind of weird. Like I was, I'm doing Canada's again, you know, and um, you know, I'd run into all the guys that had turned pro over the years and I'm still at the Canada's and mm. there was a little bit of like, fuck, I don't, you know, like, is it better to just not go than to like go again and be like another fucking year? Like, I don't know. It was just starting to get weird. And you have those little conversations with yourself, you know? Sure. And, um, and, but, but I mean, yeah, looking back, I mean, I'm super, I wouldn't change a thing. That's what I always tell yeah. people mm-hmm. because, you know, uh, like I said, you know, I, I won my class in 07. So I could have got a pro card that year easily because I looked very, very good. And the judges said, they're like, yeah, you know, we talked about you and we just went <laughs> with Vince and then, you know, like it was a close one and they, I just didn't get a card that year. And, and, uh, but if I would have, 
I, it might have been like terrible because hmm. I mean, like Facebook started in 07, really? Mm-hmm. Like, so like think back to 07, like there's no social media. Like we're just getting on Facebook, mm-hmm. like relationship status, you know, complicated. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. And then everyone's putting the, everyone's putting the song lyric yeah. in their, in their, yeah. in their My title. Wife's like- complicated you've been married to me for <laughs> yeah years. yeah yeah <laughs> so so like everyone's everyone's just getting on facebook back then so like you know youtube was only fucking two years into it like mm-hmm. I, I don't know like i wouldn't have had any of the stuff if i would have turned pro in 07 i would have never had mutant wouldn't have happened and traveling with mutant as an amateur wouldn't have happened and you know i had a couple people reach out and tell me that they're that I had one nice email from a guy. He, he said, he, he goes, you know, I kind of envy you cause I got my pro card really fast hmm. and then I got my ass fucking crushed hmm. yeah. and I left bodybuilding because I knew that I was done and there was mm-hmm. nothing I could do and I couldn't afford to do what these guys were doing, yada, yada. So I had to move on and you got to be like a really good amateur for like a whole fucking long time and do all this cool shit and travel. And I was like, oh, I guess, you know, that guy has a point, you know? Yeah. So I wouldn't change anything because it just worked out, you know. And I know that people were behind you. I mean, you've always been like the guy that people are rooting for. And uh, it, you guys were actually talking. It was a while ago. You had mentioned on It's Just Bodybuilding. And it, and I it, it I didn't realize that you had taken second that many times. And I was taken back by that. And I mentioned it to Victoria. And you guys know Victoria's in Canada. She she told me a story and she said uh, she was at one of those shows and it the, the whatever show that was I think she said it was in your hometown which would have been like Edmonton was that, was that yeah, yeah 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 and yeah she, the, yeah I was there a few times and the way she put it she was like everybody was like just cheering for Ron in the crowd and I, I, yeah. you know his hometown his turf and then when they announced second place she said like you could just see like everything just drained out of his face like he was leveled is the way she put it but then she followed that up by but then you know the next morning you saw him you, you know he still shook everybody's hand he was still really cool the next morning like, like at the breakfast thing ron was there smile on his face congratulating everybody you know living being who you should be you know as what we would consider to be a good ambassador for the sport and that you just bounced right back from it and i feel like that that's the thing that we see people like you like 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 john meadows you know john meadows was an like we yeah. look at people like you or john to me that's that's more inspiring than than no offense to a guy like phil you know we mentioned him earlier but like i can't relate to that you know what i mean it's like but I can relate to working hard and I can and I can relate to the value of that. And I, I feel like to me, your story is so impressive for guys like myself, guys who just like freaking love bodybuilding. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny. Uh, I don't know where I read this or what, what it was in. It might be in one of those old VHS tapes that everyone used to put out, you know, but there was one with Kevin Lavrone and and uh, someone said, what's it like to get second at the Olympia? Like, what do you do the next day? And he's like, oh, you just you just get up and you just start training for next year. Like, you just shift mm-hmm. your mind. You have to shift your mind. You have to just 
that movie's over. There's another movie starting or whatever he said. Like, I know he worded it pretty clever. He's like, you just have to like, you're, you move on. You can't like dwell on, on that. Cause it was like, I think it was the year he got second to Dorian in 92. And they're like, what do you do? And he's like, oh, you just train for the next show. Mm-hmm. That's all you do. You know, you still got, and he's like, you got sponsors to, to please. You got magazine interviews to do. He's like, you can't put any of your grumpy shit on them, you know? And so it's just, you know, it's true. Like who wants to read a grumpy interview? Yeah. You know, yeah. or yeah, you were clearly robbed 10 times. Because <laughs> your because your mom said you should have won all ten. Times, My mom so. said I should have won all ten. Yeah, no, there was exactly. there was like there was several where I was like oh, I'm not going to win this. Like I'm not going to win this. I know I can say I could always see it in the judges' faces. Right, I knew exactly what was going on at that table, and um and so there was a couple years. There was only a couple years where I was really gutted at the decision because I thought I was going to win, mm-hmm. and I remember one year I had like several judges look at me with their eyes really big and they were like smiling at me. Oh, God. <laughs> they were like, they were like this. And I was like, Oh fuck. And then I got like put in the middle once moved out of the middle, put back in the middle and left there. And I was like, <laughs> fucking got it. And I didn't get it. And, and they're like, like, we're, we're just kidding. <laughs> yeah. We're just going to fuck with you. We'll put him yeah. in the middle, but we're going to give him second again. Yeah. There was a, um, there was a couple times like, I think there was three three times where it was a five four split, um, oh. so those are hard to take, right? Because oh, yeah. you know you got four judges put you fucking first, yeah, and you're just like Jesus fuck. Yeah, well, you're not sleeping with the right judges. Come on, Ron. God damn, how many years does it well, take to get it right? And I know how. I, so back, so it's funny in Canada, we used to get back in the old days. They used to mail us the judging sheet, so <laughs> we would open it up. We'd get it in the mail, open it up. And it would have judge one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and all of their scores. So you knew which judge gave you second and which judge gave you first. And I just remember like there was one competitor in the super heavyweights one year. And I looked at his scores and he had a fifth, two fourths, a third, two seconds, and a first. Jesus. That's weird. That was his fucking spread. Yeah, that's that's and a of rough course, panel. of course, you you drop the fifth and the first, and you mm-hmm. average the two fours, the two seconds, and the third, and he comes out third place in the class, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I remember seeing those scores and thinking, this isn't up to me. Yeah, right. This is this is not up to me at all because first to fifth on that panel, mm-hmm. what am I supposed mm-hmm. to do? Like, you got to blow everyone out of the water to win this for sure. There's no guarantees. Yeah. And not all judging yeah. panels are great, but it, they're usually consistent. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah a, that's that was an un, that was an unusual score, but he had yeah. an unusual physique. That was mm. another thing. He was the smallest super. Uh, he's a friend of mine. He's a, he, he went there and he weighed in and he weighed in as a heavyweight. And he's like, no, fuck oh. this. I want to be a super. Huh. And they're like, you want to be a super? And he's like, yeah. And he pounded like two liters of water. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking got on this scale and he's like, there. A fucking super. I don't know why I was so light. No kidding. <laughs> and and um, so he was like barely 220. And I later looked. All the female judges had him second and first. That's okay. interesting. Oh, sorry. Yes. All the female judges had him. The two seconds and the first were the three female judges on the panel. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. I was just. Sorry. I also, yeah, yeah. I was just thought that that was interesting. They, they liked his look. He was small. Mm-hmm. 
but he was beautiful. Yeah. He was like, you know what I mean? And then all the other guys on stage, we were all like so much bigger than him. But, and I didn't think he was a threat because he was like, he was pretty small in that class. But he's like great physique, you know? And so they had him at the very front and then the male judges had him third to fifth. So mm-hmm. that was all, that was interesting to me too. I was like, oh fuck, you know, <laughs> they don't agree on everything. How would he have done in the heavies? I'm curious. That's what I was, I was wondering ask. that yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I remember that. He probably would have been top two for sure. Okay. Yeah. We didn't do that again, I'll bet. (laughs) No. The reason he went supers is because he knew his condition would be awesome in the supers and and kind of like average in the heavies because there was more shredded heavyweights, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was his logic. I just wanted to get next to where the guys are kind of fatter. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a good strategy. So. Yeah, I yeah. He got noticed. I mean, and there's some truth to it. Supers aren't until you get to the high levels. You can't count yeah. on conditioning in that class. Yeah. Hell, yeah. for yeah. years, that, that, it was even like that in the heavyweights down in, in state and regional shows. That's oh, only yeah. changed in the last 10, 15 years. I that's remember when I light heavyweights were growing up. Coming Sorry? up, like, that's where I made my bones was like, I'm never going to be the biggest super heavyweight. I'm tall. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, I look like a swimmer or volleyball player. But I came and peeled, and I never lost a super class as soon as I turned super because I look over, and the guys next to me look four weeks out. Like, yeah. And I tell all my clients, if you're super, like, look, every super thinks they just got to be big, big, big. Let wow. those other guys do that. Let them come in big and heavy and let them spill and eat and all that. Let's come and peel. I'd rather have would, you just a little bit drier and a little bit uh, or a lot more conditioned and a little I, flat versus big and bubbly yeah. i always say if you're a real super you're not worried about making super <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah exactly. you're so far from the heavyweight cutoff that there's just like you don't worry about your weight like you're not trying yeah. to be big you're like you got all this weight to play with just get shredded you know yep. you know you can lose another 10 pounds and you're still a super you know that's what i kind of put <laughs> using my head right you know gotta get 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 ready and then lose 10 more pounds and then you're ready ready yep. <laughs> True Nutrition has supported our programming now for a number of years, and I'm super grateful for it because they believe in us and I believe in them. I'm sure you guys have heard of Dante Trudell. We talk about him on the shows. Uh, he had a vision of offering high-quality third-party tested supplements at a fair price. They have a ton of different protein powders, just about every type you could think of, literally thousands of flavor combinations. Hit me up if you're interested in suggestions. They offer health supplements. I use their collagen and their fish oil. And of course, they offer performance supplements. You can get bulk EAA powder or beta alanine. You can also get finished products like the Mountain Dog Perry MD Intra Workout. If you shop with True Nutrition and you use our code THINK, you'll get some additional savings, you'll get high-quality supplements, and you will support our programming. You can also help to support the shows through Patreon. I appreciate everybody who's made a contribution. You guys are helping to keep me pumping these podcasts out. I have links to everything in the description. Check them out. Let me know what you think, and let's get back to the program. I got a question that's completely off topic. Uh, over at your gym, West Coast Iron, um, I've seen some of the guys have been traveling over there to train because the other areas, like I know where Victoria lives and Ontario, everything's closed down. They haven't had gyms for like a year now, basically. Who's, yeah. who's been over there lately? Uh, so uh, they just opened gyms in Ontario. That's out in the Toronto area the province yeah. of Ontario where they've had these like incredibly draconian lockdowns for extremely long periods of time. So the gyms just opened there a couple of weeks ago, but um, 
we had Ian Valer and like the Royal family, we call them, you know, as Ian and Melissa and uh, Chris Bumstead. And then Courtney King was with Chris. So we had a few Olympians uh, out at the gym and they, they came out here for several weeks and I think they were going to stay a month and they stayed three weeks, I think. Okay. Um, uh, then they just like got a little homesick and the gyms were kind of like everything looked like it was going to open up. So um, yeah. they headed back, headed back. But yeah, they love it out here. Um, I know Ian really likes the gym because it's, you know, kind of, it's grungy and hard. Well, a little bit, you know, it's got that flavor. You know? It's clean still, it, though. If yeah, it's when, clean. You know, it, the- it's it's clean, but it's a warehouse gym. So, like, you got some leaves might blow in, you know, the That's door cool. or something, you know. <laughs> so, it's got that kind of a little bit rough around the edges. Um, you know, because the big bay doors are open all the time, like all day long from 5 to 10 every day, right? So, you get, like, some outdoor elements come in once in a while. and um, But it's, yeah, Ian loves it, and uh, Chris loves it, too. And then Chris's uh, really great friend, Calvin, who shoots all of his content, so pretty much most of the stuff that you see Chris Bumstead in, like the training footage and all that, if you go to his YouTube, that's all Calvin filming that. And Calvin lives here. Okay. So when Chris comes out here, it's not only like kind of a holiday, but he gets to hang out with his, you know, really good friend Calvin and they get all this content shot at the gym. Nice. With no hassles because we just let them film, right? Of course. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's really cool because, you know, Calvin loves training there and Chris loves coming out. So um, and then uh, we had we had another uh, major bodybuilding celebrity in today. We had Paul Lozon from Brochet. Oh, no kidding! What's he doing out there? He uh, he his family. They were out for a holiday. They they um, he used to come out here to take a bunch of like training courses for his job as a border guard. Okay, yeah. Um, so he's been out here a bunch of times, and he really loves it because it's beautiful out here, right? The mountains and and shit. Yeah. Um, you got the ocean and the mountains, like half an hour either mm-hmm. way. You know, yeah. so it's that like kind of crazy, beautiful, so beautiful place to live. And so he brought his family out for uh, for the weekend just to like, you know, they went to Whistler and did some sightseeing and stuff. Nice. And he just stopped by the gym uh, to say hi and, and have a tour on his way uh, way out of town. I think they're headed out tomorrow morning. That's so cool. so it's kind of funny because, you know, uh, Paul comes in and, and and the members like some of the members are like, oh, my God, it's it's Uncle June. And they're like coming up and getting photos with him and stuff. He's yeah. like a celebrity now. He's pretty funny. That's uh, Fuad's Skip. That's Fuad's longtime training partner. So they, okay. they and he's always on the podcast. Skip doesn't watch podcasts. So yeah. They, so it, it's kind of funny for Paul. You know, <laughs> Paul's been uh, Paul's been Fuad. He's been known as Fuad's training partner for like 15 years. And uh, and, you know, he's he's a family man, you know, bodybuilding judge and all that. Now he's kind of famous to like the young people. Yeah. So it's kind of funny for him because here he is, you know, he's. You know, he's like, I think he's a little older than me, like, you know, in his late forties and, and now all he's got all these like 24 year olds coming up wanting pictures with him. And it's just kind of a trip for him. I think yeah. it's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. I'm not surprised the way your gym is set up though, that it is like, a, cause it's just an extension of, of like, I couldn't imagine you have, um, what's that, what's that other company called that big gym company in Canada? not snap it's like a fam it's a family oh anytime fitness not anytime there's another one that's fitness one good life good Good life life. that's it like i couldn't imagine like ron retired from bodybuilding and he bought a good life that just that doesn't strike me you know between everything you've done with like you know the uh, mutant on a mission dude you've gotten to see so many cool gyms over the years like so many cool gyms yeah you know there's a lot of great little gyms out there that 
are just banging away doing their thing with mm-hmm. a great owner and and you know the members are it's like a little a little community in there you know those are the best gyms because the members kind of take care of their you know they take care of their shit they put their dumbbells away they 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 care about the gym you know that the members will tell you if something's not working like yeah. they won't just he won't just walk by and see like broken equipment you know like someone will come and go hey i think that that thing's not right or whatever and people care about the gym and it translates into like just how the gym functions you know like every, we've all we've all been on the road and we've gone to an la fitness and you go in and like literally none of the dumbbells are on the rack yeah like they're just fucking all on the floor yeah and you're like how long has this been going on for like this looks like Mm -hmm. several hours worth of nobody walking by the rack to even notice this yeah and and that's just that that corporate gym that everyone hates you know like no one likes training and so yeah the one of the sayings that i like the most that i i use all the time is if you try to be good for everyone, you wind up being great for nobody. Hmm. Yeah, that's good and advice. So that's one of that's one of the things that I always use in my head whenever I'm thinking about you know business in general, because you know why do you want to serve everybody? Who cares about everybody? Fuck that would be <laughs> annoying. Yeah. You want to serve everybody? You mean you got to fucking play top 40 radio and you got to sterilize everything constantly and to just dumb down everything? No, fucking forget 90% of the people aren't worth fucking even dealing with. Just yeah. people who really appreciate the gym can come here and we can fill the gym with those people and it'll be awesome and they'll all love it and they'll contribute and they'll make the culture fantastic and they'll spot each other. And, you know, it's just, it's so that's what you got to do, I think. You know, if you try to, try to service everybody a you have to have like all the money in the world to have a giant facility because you got to put everything in it you know mm-hmm. might as well put when a you pool need in all those people though too that's <laughs> kind of the catch too because yeah from a business it's so standpoint it's it's kind of a catch-22 because you do want if you just focus financially you want to cater to everybody and yet mm-hmm. that's where you lose the community and you know the the, the close-knit you know, maybe even the atmosphere and, and everything else that we all kind of long for. Yeah. So when you do find that, those types of gym owners, they're not typically, they're not usually making a lot of money. They're doing it because that's just their passion and that's what they want. That's what they want to yeah. do. It, yeah. You know, so, yeah, exactly. So with a kind of a, a real gym model, you know, where you're trying to be like a, a gym, um, it's, it, it, it really is, you know, they, they say it's not how much you make, it's how much you spend, right? So you just got to like, you got to try to like keep your bottom end tight on business. You got to spend on things that matter. Like you got to keep the place clean and you got to keep right. the staff happy and you got to make sure that you got great staff and to take care of everybody. But then on everything else, like you got to make sure you spend your money correctly, you know, mm. um, and, uh, and, and just, you know, make sure you're not anxious. I think the number one thing that kills most gyms within the first two years, which is when most of them fail. COVID? Is that, uh, oh, yeah, COVID doesn't help. Yeah, fuck, yeah. let's open a gym right before COVID. That doesn't help. Um, it's the owners need to start taking money out right away. And that just mm-hmm. is always like, you, it, it's one of those businesses where you have to like not take money out for a few years. Right. Like you have mm-hmm. to grow the gym, you know? Um, so yeah, it's a tough business. I'm not saying I know everything about it, but we've been very fortunate out here and learned a lot of lessons, that's for sure. You know, and then COVID, COVID was like a university course on dealing with government intrusion. (laughs) I got my master's degree and I got my master's degree in government intrusion into my business, you know? 
It's <laughs> funny the lessons you learn when money is involved. <laughs> yeah. You don't forget those lessons very quickly. You're like, well, never going to fucking do that again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We did a couple things, you know, the biggest mistake we made was we fucked up when we got our first website done. Yeah. We like, we had like the membership system built into the website. We thought it would, and the, we talked to this guy and he's like, yeah, I'll just, instead of you guys using one of those billing companies, let's just build one into your website and I can do this and this and this and it'll, <laughs> and we we're like, oh fuck. Okay. And then it, within a year we were like throwing it all away and getting a billing company. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, it was a fucking nightmare. It was the worst ever. It was like, and so we wasted like, you know, a lot of money on that system. Mm -hmm. That was our big mistake when we opened. Yeah. So you know, how bad was just, the, uh, were the COVID cops like with you guys this year? Like, did you guys so, get shut down? Were there members that you let yeah. in and then they would you know hear about it and come and raid the place or whatever? No, no, we, we weren't. So uh, we were, all, we were only closed for eight weeks okay. um, back in 2020 from March to May. And then, um, you know, after the two weeks to flatten the curve, um, <laughs> right. everyone started, everyone started to go, oh shit, this isn't, this isn't going to stop. And, um, there were a lot of gym owners out here. Uh, I know I was one of them. Um, I was fucking on Twitter talking to the mayor. I was talking to our member of parliament. I was talking to the city council. I was emailing people. I was emailing Fraser health, our health department. I was saying, hey, this is unacceptable, blah, blah, blah. Because there were all these confused rules in, in, in the province I was in. They just didn't handle it well. And um, there was one health region that never ordered gyms to close at all. Hmm. And it was, it hmm. was um, this kind of South Vancouver health region called Coastal Health. They just didn't order gyms to close. They just never issued an order. So we had to be closed. But there was a couple gyms in in that region that were just staying open quietly, so they didn't get bothered by the public. Yeah, yep. and we were like, "Hey, you can't let them do business. Like, they're open, and we we think they should be open, but we think you should let us open. Yeah, like if like you, no one ever closed them. Why are we closed? They have no cases. Like, they're not a problem. And um, and we wound up getting opened. Everyone opened up, and we never got shut down again. They did come and shut down group classes and all that, but we don't have any of that. So we just kind of cruised through. We just had to follow some rules. The main one was capacity. We had to keep the capacity down yeah. and we had to do yeah. some, you know, stuff with, you know, everyone had to have a spray bottle and, you know, all this sort of yeah. bullshit. And um, we just kind of got through. And it wasn't until the very end that we started getting really hassled by the health department because in November they – they they flipped the script and they started saying you had to wear a mask in the gym because they weren't making people yep. in the gym wear masks. Eh? They weren't making anyone wear masks. We didn't have a mask mandate out here till November. Hmm. Oh. And they put it in late, like in November, they put a mask mandate in and we're like, oh, fuck. And we're like, we're not doing that. So we just made sure everyone had it on their chin. But yep. um, we were just like asking everyone, can you please have one on? Like, mm -hmm. fuck. Um, but then, you know, a lot of Instagram posts and mm -hmm. the odd, the odd upset person or another gym that's jealous or, you know, that sort of shit. And we have a bit of that because we get a lot of like the, Oh, West coast is a fucking hardcore gym mm -hmm. or West coast. And then some gyms are jealous because West coast is where fucking Bumstead likes to go mm -hmm. and they want Bumstead to come to their gym. Why doesn't Chris come to my gym? You know, and there's a little bit mm -hmm. of that. And, 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 uh, so you never know who's calling on you. Yeah. You know? And, um, 
You know, people in the health department comes around and starts going, you guys aren't wearing your masks and all this stuff. And then, you know, they only hassled us really hardcore for about a month and then it all ended. Yep. <laughs> all right. Listen, we got to wrap this thing up. I could keep talking to you. Like I could come up with about a hundred questions, just gym related. Like yeah. I've heard so many cool stories about, uh, where is that? I hear that the gyms up in the Quebec area, like Montreal, yeah, Montreal oh, gyms yeah. are supposed to be really good. I would love to yeah. talk to you about that for an hour. I want to hear about the gyms in Australia for another hour. Uh, <laughs> and then all the other places that you've gotten to go. So like, I, I hate to cut it right here. So I feel like we should we should have you back, like just to freaking talk gyms one day. Oh, I'd love I to agree. do that. There's a, there's a, I had a bunch of stories of like, some cool shit that um, I, I caught the tail end of the eighties a little bit too. Right. Cause I started training in 1990. Skip will remember these years. Um, <laughs> but when you, when you, when you start, when you start training, <laughs> when you start training in 90, you catch the end of the eighties. Like there's still eighties fashion in the gym. Oh, yeah. There's still the eighties sure. issues, issues, the big stack of muscle of muscle and fitness laying in the, in the, mm -hmm. you know, the lobby and all that. Um, so I caught the end of the eighties and, and it was a great, a great time. And there's, uh, you know, some of the old equipment and yeah, I got to see everything. So, um, it's, uh, I love gyms and, and that's why, you know, I get a little bit, you know, maybe I'm overly romantic about my gyms and, and the little things that are different about them. You know, like some people are like, oh, whatever, it's a gym, you know. But uh, I like to sort of like appreciate what the owners did to each one. Like there's some really cool little nuances from gym to gym, mm -hmm. you know. Like I remember a gym in Australia where a guy had a guitar amp on the desk <laughs> hooked up to a microphone. <laughs> and that was his PA system. Yeah. Oh, That's no cool, shit. Right? So if your wife called the gym looking for you, because no one had a cell phone, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? It was back in the early 90s. So he'd fucking turn the amp on. And of course, a guitar amp isn't meant for a microphone. So it kind of sounds like, it, you know, it doesn't sound like a proper speaker. It's kind of shitty, right? Right. And he would just boom through it like, Jeff, your fucking wife's on the phone. And, like, <laughs> and you know, so someone would have to, and the music's blasting and Jeff's got headphones in or whatever the fuck. So someone's got to tap him on the shoulder and go, oh, your wife's calling. And then he comes up. It's just funny shit like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Good we'll shit. have to do that. Then. Wait, hold on. I got, I got yeah. one non-bodybuilding related question for Ron. Oh, okay. What, awesome. What shows are you watching right now? <laughs> oh, TV shows. Because I, I know you've always you always fill us in on the good shows, and uh, and I'm a, I'm a big show guy myself. So, is there anything out there that's fresh that uh, that's caught your attention? So, um, I'm finally after a big delay, just about to finish The Expanse. So, actually, I got a story about that. Um, okay, I know the guy. That, I know the writer um, that writes that show. Oh, no, he, no way! So. So I used to be a personal trainer and he goes to the gym that I uh, used to work at and he trains with my buddy who uh, who's his trainer. And so he's written The Expanse. He's written. Um, do you ever see the movie Children of Men? Yes. Fantastic. So that was him. Uh, the Iron Man movies. He writes those. And uh, no way. Um, Cowboys and Aliens with uh, Harrison Ford. Oh, remember that one? That was great. I love that. So movie. he's. So he would always like in the gym and we actually were throwing around ideas about doing a pilot show about like like a 30 minute sitcom that was very similar to like the office, but in the gym, because, you know, there's all yeah. like gym characters. Every, every gym has characters. Yeah. I've seen a few <laughs> examples. I've had people I've had two people give me scripts <laughs> for that type of show. 
Yeah. But, so we were actually in the thing. process of writing that and like we were coming up with characters because like, you know, you see someone in the gym that's just like, you know, the stinky guy or. Um, yeah, you got to have the old school guy. You got to have the old yeah. school guy, too. <laughs> or like the one upper guy that's like, you know, you get done squatting five plates and, yeah. you know, he's all about a buck 30. He's like, oh, I used to do that in high school, but I yeah, did it for like yeah, twice yeah. the amount of reps. You did, you know, that <laughs> you got to have you got to have the natty guy. You got to have like, the <laughs> yeah. annoying natty guy. Yeah. You got to have the really annoying natty guy. You know, it says I'm not know, every knows everything minutes. about drugs though and, and yeah, to yeah, 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 yeah 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 <laughs> yeah yes perfect so, so that was one of the ideas we were working on and he would always be like hey like tell me a story and like because he loves like hearing like real life stories and then working mm -hmm. them into his writing huh. into like his characters and stuff that he's developing but that's just right. a little aside about the expanse that's but awesome going. Sorry, yeah sorry so the expanse so i i just had a big interruption and i didn't finish it and then i'm finally right. almost done it's just so it's so awesome I, yeah, I love the I love the the universe that they've created. Like it's really a cool concept. Really, just like wow. I don't even know um, what this is. Yeah, it's a, it's a sci-fi sci show, and it's on Amazon Prime. Okay. Yeah. And so they made three seasons of it, and I think it was having some problems, and they were almost going to cancel it. Yeah. But Jeff Bezos's son loves it, so Jeff just bought it. No kidding. Threw some money and at it. Threw it and said, threw money at it and said, put it on, put it on Prime and do season four. Huh. So the problem, the and problem was, is that there was a uh, a strike with um, the writers and like some of the other, um, what do you call it, the uh, Screen Actors Guild Association. Okay, yeah, yeah. There was a dispute going on there. Um, they filmed the show in Toronto, actually. Yes. Um, yes. One of the studios there. It's much cheaper to do it up there, I guess. And there was some dispute, though, with the Canadian government and the Screen Actors Guild between all those organizations that, that held it up for a year or so. But you're right. Bezos said, no, I want this to happen. Here's, you know, here's a B. Here's a billion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah I want that show on my network. Let's do it. <laughs> my dad doesn't love me that much. That's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Will you buy me a show i don't want them yeah. to cancel it i don't want them to cancel i want ozark to be done dad can you do something about this all right seriously <laughs> all right well Rob, yeah, we i'm waiting having so you, man. yeah we appreciate yeah, yeah, having i appreciate you here, that it's great to have you uh we we have to cut it because well i'm gonna just tell the audience guys we record one i'm gonna tell them skip all right so i was guys, gonna we, change my clothes I know. I was going to change my hat, too. Don't give it Come away. On. We've been recording two episodes yeah. every time we're yeah. on. There you go. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and if Ron has the time, we were going to answer some bodybuilding questions. Uh, but we have to end this show in order to do that. And I'm sorry to break it up, Look, but it helps the YouTube algorithm. It's okay. We're exactly at the one hour mark. It's perfect. Yeah, it's go. perfect. Okay. It's perfect. Thanks for having me, guys. We appreciate having you, too, appreciate man. Appreciate you, Guys, for on. another episode of uh, Blood, Sweat, and Gear with Skip Hill, Andrew Barry, excuse me, IFBB Pro, Andrew Barry, and uh. IFBB Pro, Ron Partlow. Uh. Guys, we'll see you soon. Uh.